السلام عليكم ياض عيد مبارك كل عام وانتو واهلكو وحبايبكو بألف ألف خير الحمد لله we made it through Allah is good as always I pray that you all had a beautiful Eid al-Fitr and y'all were able to spend time with your loved ones and your families and go to Eid prayer and I would like to formally congratulate you for finishing Ramadan because it's not it's not easy y'all I know a lot of us have been doing it for majority of our lives but like still it's that don't make it easy so congratulations on completing it we obviously did it through Allah as he is the one who allowed us to witness another Ramadan so we have a lot of blessings to be thankful for may Allah accept all of our fasts and our prayers may all the forms of worship that we offered during Ramadan be accepted. I pray that we were all able to catch Laylatul Qadr this year and we ask Allah that one of our acts of worship that we offered be accepted and act as our ticket to Jannah. Allahumma ameen. So for today's episode, I wanted to have a little post-Ramadan reflections, just go through where I'm at right now and share a few things that I learned throughout Ramadan. I also feel like not a lot of people generally discuss post-Ramadan on social media. Like we didn't just collectively go through a lot for the past 30 days. I usually see a lot of like scholars and shiuch on social media share post-Ramadan reflections or offer advice. But like the rest of the Muslim community, I don't feel like we talk about it that much. So yeah, inshallah, I'd like to talk a little bit about where I'm at right now after Ramadan, what I'll be doing for the next few weeks in regards to my goals that I had for Ramadan, and then share some new perspectives that I learned that I hope you guys would be able to benefit from because alhamdulillah i have thus far bismillah rahman rahim so alhamdulillah i had a pretty chill eid al-fitr my family and i we just went for eid prayer and then had brunch outside and then visited my aunt for the evening that was pretty much it it was pretty low-key now usually the first week or two right after eid i spend most of my time just catching up with my general responsibilities and trying to reestablish my routines again. So getting back to doing laundry on Sundays and grocery shopping on the weekends and get back on the cleaning routines of the house, just getting back on track and getting back to normalcy because especially for the last 10 days of Ramadan where I'm usually at the mosque or focusing on my ibadat, my acts of worship, I'm definitely not fully capable of dedicating my time to my routines and all of my responsibilities. So for the last 10 days of Ramadan, things are just like a hot mess for sure, especially my sleeping routine because I'm at the point in my life right now, and to be completely honest, I'm a little embarrassed that <laughs> this is the fact, but I generally need like a solid nine hours of sleep in order for me to function normally in the daytime. I can sometimes get by with like eight, eight and a half, but eight to nine hours is like the sweet spot. Definitely cannot function on like seven hours of sleep. I don't know how I got here. This is just where I'm at now. I know there are some people out there 
who can go off on like five hours or six hours of sleep. Like I used to be able to go off of sometimes even like four or five and I was fine in the day. Now, if I just get seven hours, I'm struggling throughout the day and I have to at least take one nap in the afternoon to compensate for that one hour lost. But we we in our 30s now, y'all, things are different, okay? We need a rest. <laughs> but the last 10 days of Ramadan, I'm generally not getting as much sleep. And so as soon as Eid comes, I'm like, I'm out and my body's done. And so I have to spend the next few days after Eid just trying to get back my sleep routine. It's super erratic where I will just randomly get sleepy at 8 p.m. one night and then the next night I won't be able to fall asleep until like 4 a.m. It's a hot mess, okay? So that's like priority number one, getting back to my sleeping routine and all my other routines. Now I usually do not spend that much time after aid or the first week focusing on the goals that I developed during Ramadan. So if I were, for example, reading a lot of Quran during Ramadan, after Eid, I spend a few days or maybe a week not really focusing on that, just focusing on getting back to normalcy. And once those routines are set and it's finalized, that's when I say, okay, now let's look back at Ramadan and do some reflecting and seeing how I did in regards to my goals that I set for myself. And this is something I mainly learned from the marketing world as a marketer myself. And this is something that I always stress to other Muslims and encourage others to take on themselves. So we have this concept called learnings. I don't know if all marketers do this or if it's just the teams that I've worked on, but generally after an initiative or a project or campaign has gone live and it's ended and we have our numbers in, we will sit and have a learnings meeting where we just get together, we look at the numbers, we reflect, we see what performed well, what didn't perform well, we see if we met our goals, and if not, what got in the way of us meeting our goals, we see what we can do better and hopefully implement those changes, those learnings for the next project to ensure that we're not making the same mistakes next time around. So usually I will try to have this little learning session with myself in regards to my Ramadan goals like a week or two after Eid al-Fitr. But I especially look at my performance during the last 10 days when we're trying to find Laylatul Qadr. So if you listen to the episode where I discussed setting Ramadan goals and having a written document to track through the month, this is the time where I would take that document, look through it. If I said I was going to read more Quran, did I read more Quran? Did I meet my objectives or not? If I said I was going to go to Taraweeh all of the last 10 days, did I actually go? And this is the moment where I force myself to take accountability for my efforts because the numbers do not lie in the end. And I can't just ignore the fact that I said I was going to read more Quran, but I didn't. This forces me to reflect and be more honest with myself. So if I'm looking at the numbers in front of me, it's hard for me to deny and lie to myself. Because what I would hate to happen is for me to say, I'm going to try to do X, Y, and Z for Ramadan and make a vow to Allah that I'm going to try to be a better Muslim. And then I don't follow through with the goals, which... It does happen, but I would hate for that to happen. And from there, I just ignore that fact that I didn't follow through and don't at least try to make up for the fact that I said I was going to do something and I didn't. 
And this is where it's important that in the beginning, when you set your Ramadan goals, that you establish some sort of data points to reference and track during the month of Ramadan. So in that episode of Ramadan goals, I said, if say you wanted to read more Quran, don't just say, I want to read more Quran. Say, I want to read X amount of pages and give yourself a specific number like 10 pages a day or 30 pages a day or the entire Quran for the whole month because this is the point during your little learning session where you will be able to gauge whether you met that objective or not. So I always try to make sure I'm quantifying my objectives during Ramadan. And I know that sounds like common sense, but oftentimes we are not taught these things. We aren't taught how to set goals for ourselves and how to track them and monitor them, especially if you are like first um, generation Muslims in this country. Like back home, at least in Palestine, everybody reads and speaks Arabi. So their goals of reading Quran during Ramadan are going to be super different from someone like me who was born and raised in the States. My first language is not Arabi. So me reading the Quran is a much more complex topic. Back home, they can read the language, they understand the language, and it's a much more smooth process. So if you're first generation Muslim Palestinian in this country, there has to be some sort of system and process that you set up for yourself in order to ensure that you are growing as a Muslim in regards to, in this example, the Quran. The older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing the importance of having systems for yourself. And that for me is the only way that I've been able to give or hold myself up to some sort of standard and hold myself accountable for growing as a servant of Allah. So at this point, you look at your goals. If you completed all of your objectives, congratulations. Mashallah May Allah be pleased with you. Don't forget to thank Allah because he's the one that guided you through it. But if you did not accomplish all of your goals, which it happens because life is not easy. Sometimes life gets in the way. But if you were not able to accomplish your goals, this is the point where you say, okay, I only read half of what I said I wanted to read. I'm going to go ahead and finish it for the next 30 days. Yes, Ramadan is over and it's not going to be the exact same as reading it during the month, but you are holding yourself accountable. You are forcing yourself to complete a task that you told yourself you were going to complete and you didn't. So you got to take accountability for it. And we got to understand that nobody's going to force us to do these things. There's no teacher or professor or manager sitting watching over our shoulder every minute to make sure that we are growing as Muslims. This isn't school or work. This is your growth as a Muslim. And so if you do not hold yourself accountable and encourage yourself to grow, you are going to plateau. When we were younger, when we were kids, it was a lot easier because we had our parents telling us what we needed to be doing to be quote-unquote better Muslims. They would tell us to go pray. They would tell us to wake up for suhoor. But we're adults now. We are our own beings. And if we don't set these systems to grow, then we're just going to be the same Muslim that we were 10 years ago. One lesson I learned during Ramadan, both from my own personal experience, but also from a khutbah from a sheikh, where he encouraged us to develop one act of worship for the month of Ramadan, to not spread yourself too thin to where you're trying to do everything at once and you end up losing your momentum for any objective because you're just trying to do it all. And this was especially applicable during the last 10 days. So rather than trying to do every single taraweeh, every isha and fajr at the mosque on top of reading 
30 pages of Quran every single day and volunteering at the mosque. Just choose one of those and go to town. I feel like if you are capable of taking on multiple tasks and you're used to doing that, then by all means. But if you are at the point where you don't feel like you're you're growing because you have so many things going on, just choose one and roll with it. We got to be realistic with our goals because we're not 16 year olds anymore or kids in college who have all the free time to just do whatever. For a lot of us adult Muslims in our 20s to 30s, our responsibilities to our families are growing every single day. It seems like every day we have a new responsibility that we have to take on because that's just the, the circle of life. That's what it means to become an adult. And this is especially the case if you're moving up in the stages of life, like getting married, having kids, establishing a home like all those responsibilities stack up and so your objectives during ramadan are going to be very different than what they were back in college things are just different now we're getting older and we have to adapt and that was the one thing that the sheikh was pointing out and stressing if you feel like you have so much going on in your personal life that you're struggling with your goals during ramadan be focused with your goals even outside of ramadan you can't do it all become a champion of one form of ibadah at a time. Another thing I learned is the importance of making these forms of worship that you developed during Ramadan, making those forms of worship a part of my daily routine outside the month of Ramadan. And we obviously hear this all the time. Like that's the whole point of developing yourself during Ramadan. It's so that you can implement this outside of Ramadan. But the stress in this lesson is making it a part of my daily routine. Not something that I try to do like every Friday after Salat al-Jum'ah, I read one chapter from the Qur'an. No, this is like every single day doing something, even if it's super small and it feels insignificant, just do it every day. Because what I now fear is becoming a stranger to any form of ibadah. I am now in the point of my life where I don't want to become a stranger to tasbih or dhikr. I don't want to become a stranger to reading the Qur'an. So try to view the importance of doing this outside of Ramadan for the long run, to where it becomes a part of who I am every single day. So even if it's just something as small as after every fard prayer, I say subhanAllah three times. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, because usually we do like 33, 66, 99. If I have the time or the opportunity to do like 33 or 99, then alhamdulillah. But I'm trying to not view these things as like black or white, where either I do tasbih or I don't, whether I do the full 33 or not. Rather, I'm focusing on the act of just doing it, even if I don't have the time to do the complete task, to where it becomes second nature, and to where I don't even have to think to do these things, I just do it automatically. I don't like becoming a stranger to the Qur'an, and so even if it means like me after every Isha, I pull out my phone and I pull up the Qur'an app and I read even just like a, a 10 ayah surah and I recite it out loud, that is what I want to strive for, making recitation of the Qur'an a part of my daily routine to where I don't go a month or two without reading the Qur'an. Next thing you know, Ramadan's coming up and I haven't picked up the Qur'an in like five months. I don't want to have that kind of relationship with any form of ibadah in my, my religion or my relationship with Allah. And that's one of the main reasons I assume why we even have Ramadan. It's to 
prove to ourselves that we are capable of striving to be the perfect Muslim, not being the perfect Muslim, but striving to be the perfect Muslim. Another thing that I learned during a khutbah, which gave me a, a new or different perspective of effort during Ramadan versus after Ramadan. I sat in for a khutbah where the sheikh used a specific word to describe our effort during the last 10 days that really stuck with me. And he said, the amount of work and effort that we put in during the last 10 days by praying at the mosque all day, staying up all night, going to Tarawih and Qiyam, trying to catch Laylat al-Qadr, all of that is not sustainable. And that's the word that stuck with me, sustainable. He said, there's a reason why we don't do all of these forms of worship outside of Ramadan to this extent, that we're actually not encouraged to do these things at this level for the entire year. We're not told to fast every single day. We're not told to abandon sleep to where it is detrimental to our health the way that we do during the last 10 days. But during those last 10 days, which is considered one of the most important times of the year, we abandon all of those things. We do it all to prove to ourselves that we are capable of doing these things and sacrificing aspects of this dunya for the sake of Allah. And I know this also sounds like common sense. Like obviously, yeah, we're told a billion times we're supposed to do these things outside of Ramadan. But the Shaykh using the word sustainability really solidified that concept in my head. And it got me thinking, it kind of feels like it's easier to be a an active Muslim during Ramadan. I feel like that's a lot easier than doing it for the 11 months out of the year because in my head before I thought that it was much more difficult to do all these things for the 30 days but now that I'm getting older I'm starting to think it's the opposite because at the end of the day it's only 30 days and while we're in the 30 days it might feel like we're doing it for a lot longer but as soon as the 30 days ends and we start that 11 month countdown until the next Ramadan that I am now realizing is so much harder and this concept of sustainability and drawing that line helped me realize that during Ramadan we know our boundaries are being pushed we know that this isn't sustainable so it's going to feel unnatural and really difficult but it's even harder to do all of that during the 11 months after Ramadan and so I'm trying to not view these goals as unique to Ramadan anymore like I used to I'm trying to shift my perspective to focusing on the big picture, the long run, which is the the annual goals that I have for myself from Ramadan to Ramadan. And not even just in regards to these forms of ibadah that are like proactive or that require proactive work, like going and reading more Quran or making more dhikr, but also in regards to things that we are refraining from during Ramadan. Like it's a lot easier to not curse for 30 days than it is to not curse for 11 months out of the year. That's not easy. That's hard. That's not like a temporary thing that you're having to refrain from for 30 days. This is more like completely altering and shifting your identity, who you are as an individual who does curse. That's part of your identity. And now you're having to strip that forever. And it's just these like little moments of realization that I'm I'm starting to have as an adult based on something as simple as a word that a sheikh shares. And I'm just trying to keep up, inshallah. All this to say, focus on sustainability. It's not just about what we're doing for the last 10 days, but 
how sustainable are we establishing these systems and processes to where we can do it for the long run, for the whole year. The last thing that I want to share is an analogy that our our beloved Omar Suleiman shared. This is another just small perspective change that completely altered how I view my growth as a Muslim. On the day of Eid, he made a reference to the new clothes that we are we are encouraged to wear on the day of Eid. So we all know that one of the many sunnas of Eid is to wear new clothes, if it is within your means. If we are able to, we should be buying new clothes for Eid. I've known this sunnah my entire life, and I've always generally tried to follow it. So he was making a reference to these new clothes that we were all wearing on the day of Eid. And he said to view these new clothes as a representation of your new self, as a Muslim who just went through 30 days of fasting and 30 days of growth and has become a better Muslim than the Muslim they were before Ramadan. So this concept of being a new person, a new Muslim, a 2.0 beta version of yourself, and these new clothes that you put on the morning of Eid that you're wearing is a representation of that growth. And he encouraged us to reflect on that. What does it mean to be this new version of yourself? Is this the version that reads more Quran even outside of Ramadan? Or doesn't only go to the masjid for Friday prayer and actually tries to go to the mosque for Isha prayer? Or one that actually sets that alarm to wake up for Fajr prayer? And I just loved that concept because this was day of Eid and he shared this analogy and it just put to words how I felt about myself as a Muslim completing Ramadan and my relationship to growth as a Muslim. If you haven't noticed by now, I'm a very visual person and I need like visual representation to help me understand things. But I know we always talk about how Ramadan is a time of renewal and becoming a better version of yourself. But by him referencing the clothes during Eid that we all know of. Like I know that like on Salat al-Eid, if it's within my means that year, I'm going to be wearing new clothes. But by him saying that these clothes that I'm wearing like in that moment is kind of like the beginning or like a launch of this new version of myself as a Muslim. And it kind of made me think of when we graduate high school or college, like when we're wearing our graduation cap and gown. And at the ceremony when the speaker says, congratulations to you guys, you put in all this work for the last X amount of years, you've done all that you needed to do to obtain this degree, and then you throw your cap in the air and you have this overwhelming sense of accomplishment and this feeling of like, I can do anything, I can take on anything now. I've proven to myself that I indeed have it in me to work towards something like a high school degree or a college degree. But in this case, Case, I have it in me to become a better Muslim, a better servant of Allah. And then I even thought of like how certain animals or insects shed and like molt, like when it sheds its old skin or exoskeleton, like literally how crabs <laughs> shed their outer skeleton and they are this like new crab. I know this is a, a weird reference, but I'm a 90s SpongeBob kid. So naturally I think of like sea creatures but that is the visual that I automatically had in my head I immediately thought of Ramadan as my like annual shedding of my old self and becoming this new Subhi 2.0 like any other Muslim out there I am fully aware of the things that 
I should be doing. I know I'm supposed to become a better Muslim and trying to be the best that I can be to prove to Allah that I am worthy of his Jannah. But where I am now in my life, I have been finding my moments of growth during these little moments of perspective shifts, perspective changes, or a new way of viewing a concept that I've, I've always known. And something as small as someone connecting my new clothes to my new self forced me to view my growth not as a singular moment of growth, like I grew X amount during the 2023 Ramadan. Rather, I now view it as every single year, I'm going to be shedding my old self. I'm going to become a new Muslim or renewing my intentions as a Muslim and asking myself, why am I still Muslim? Like, what, what? Why do I still do this? Why do I still fast every single year for 30 days? As difficult as it is, why do I do all this? And so using Ramadan as that time to renew my intentions to where I'm not stuck or numb to any form of ibadah in my faith. Because what I'm scared of is feeling like I'm the same Muslim that I was last year. I don't want to be that kind of Muslim. Because if I were to die right now, I would hope that I at least tried my best to prove to my creator, to prove to Allah that I wanted to please him and give him the praise that he deserves. I would hope that I proved that by becoming a better Muslim every single year and never again plateauing with my faith in him. Every Ramadan is a new beginning. Every single day is a new beginning. Every time that, that sun rises, Allah has given us an opportunity to become better. Do not let the monotony of this dunya trick you into thinking that there's always tomorrow. So try to view the Ramadan that we just completed as the marking of a new you. Think of it as a little soft launch of your new brand. Inshallah, inshallah, we are all able to grow and become the servants who are worthy of making it to Allah's Jannah. May Allah protect us from a numb heart, from a heart that does not feel. May Allah protect us from wasting the countless and infinite opportunities that He offers us. And may our lives in this dunya end in a state of obedience to Allah. Allahumma ameen. Inshallah, you guys are able to benefit in some way from this episode. During Ramadan, I mainly focus the episode topics on Ramadan itself. And so inshallah, now that it's over, I can expand the range of topics. So again, if you guys have any suggestions of episode topics, let me know. I hope you guys have a beautiful day or evening. Take care of yourselves. Tell your family that you love them. And I will see y'all in the next episode, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.